How's it going, Fireside Yankees family? Today you're with Alex and Nick, and we're discussing six top Yankee bullpen arms preparing to make a reasonable amount of money in 2023. Now, overspending on the bullpen seems to be a losing strategy in today's baseball. I think that you could get some really valuable pieces at a really reasonable price point. The Yankees have managed to keep their bullpen at a pretty great price point altogether. Tommy Canely might actually be making some of the most money and he hasn't pitched barely in three years. So we looked at uh, six guys and I put together an article on the Empire Sports Media website. If you want to go check that out as well, taking a look at the projected salaries of these guys. Yeah. So, you know, this is interesting, right? This is a really good situation. I thought this was a really good storyline to kind of uh, talk about because Brian Cashman has done a phenomenal job and with Matt Blake as well, putting together a bullpen that in my opinion, and Ryan, we discussed this a couple of days ago, is one of the best in baseball. And even without Scott Efros, they have arms that are capable of being some of the best in the game. You, know, you look at Jonathan Lewisco, you look at Wandy Peralta, the, the impact he had last year, Clay Holmes, um, so many great players. And that's not even mentioning guys like Ron Marinaccio, who that's your guy, Greg Weiser, who's preparing to take a big step forward. Um, there's so much young talent that they haven't really even seen the best of just yet. So I'm excited to kind of see what they can extrapolate on with these guys' talents, but also at the same time, keeping it at a very minimal price point. As you can see on the screen, $11.65 million for six impact players. That is a ridiculously low uh, number considering Aaron Hicks is about making the same the same amount alone, and you get six impact bullpen arms for his cost, which is pretty a pretty interesting comparison to make, Nick. But you know, when you're looking at this bullpen, you know we haven't gotten your take on this bullpen yet. No, Ryan and I obviously big uh, big fans of what they've built. What are you thinking so far about it? I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like for the first time in a long time, I feel like the Yankees have kind of shifted away from spending money on the bullpen. Like you look in the in days in the past and it's like, oh, the Yankees assigned this guy and this guy to long-term extensions. I mean, we gave Britain some money. We gave Chapman a lot of money. And now you look, it's like, oh, well, these guys are more or less all homegrown and we're saving money at a position of need, at a strength, which is crazy to me. The Yankees bullpen is very, very good. And yet it doesn't cost like anything. Like you said, Canley's making 11 or 12 million for the next two years. These six guys are making 11 million this year combined. And three of these guys aren't even making a million dollars or two of them aren't even making a million dollars, excuse me. And those two, those two are Weissert and uh, Marinaccio. And a lot of people are like, hey, I don't know if Weissert's going to make the team. Is he going to be in the rotation or in the bullpen? Um, we have a lot of other guys. It's like, it's like Greg Weissert has one of the best pitches out of the entire bullpen. And his fastball is not bad either. So it's like you give him a couple more reps. You let Matt Blake work his magic with him. And that is that, that those are six of the best bullpen arms in baseball. Like I, I firmly stand by that this is the best pen in baseball. It's not even close. And it doesn't cost anything like at all. Like, and no more Chapman, so it's even yeah. better. So just a win <laughs> no win all Chapman, around. No more Britain, no more Miguel Castro. And, and let's so let's go through each one of these guys um, and kind of discuss the projected salary and what they offer this team. So let's start with Wandy Peralta. That's the first guy I started with in the article. He's projected to make $3 million, um, 30 years old, coming off a phenomenal 2022 season, 2.72 ERA, 3.61 XFIP, uh, 7.51 strikeouts per nine and pitched six, 56.1 innings. So, you know, he's a guy that turned into a high leverage relief arm last year for the Yankees. And mm-hmm. personally, I think he's going to he's gonna run it back. And at $3, at $3 million, that's an absolute steal um, of, a, of a contract for him. And, you know, a lefty arm, you know, he's got that diversity. He came in in the ALCS and shut down the Astros in a big high leverage situation. This is a guy that we can trust. And, you know, at $3 million, you know, think about this. You could put Wandy Peralta in the closer role, and he'd probably be very good for us. I think Clay yeah. Holmes has that lockdown for now, but I trust Wandy Peralta and Jonathan Loisica. We have three guys who could really be really great closers in 2023. Peralta being just like an addition to the unit is ridiculous, right? This is a very, very good player at a reasonably cost. 
uh, contract, and he's young at 30 years old, and he's coming off one of his best seasons to date. You know, what are your thoughts yeah. on Wandy? I think we all agree that he's a fan favorite. He's the man. He's, he's he does everything and then some. Like I mean, you look at first of all what we got Wandy for, Wandy for it was from Mike Talkman. It was more or less just like a, we don't really have a place for Talkman, and a lot of people were like, oh, I like Mike Talkman. He was a good corner outfielder. He had something special. We could have gotten more. Um, no, Wandy Peralta is a top. 15 top 10 lefty bullpen arm in baseball. And then you look at what he did in the postseason last year. And he he pitched in every single game in the postseason. Like he was the most reliable guy on the team, other than Garrett Cole and Jonathan Loisigo. And it's like it sucks that they were like bullpen arms that were our best players in the postseason. But Wandy just did everything and then some. And he goes out there and consistently does his job. His changeup is elite. I always talk about Rob Marinaccio's changeup. I'm gonna do it again in this episode. But Wandy's changeup had the same exact negative eight run value as Marinaccio. They were tied for the same uh, run value per pitch in baseball. Like, people got to give Wandy more credit. He's not the flashiest guy. He's not going to get a lot of strikeouts, but he keeps the ball on the ground, gets a lot of soft contact. And if we're being honest, he is the second coming of Britain for this team. Big ground ball pitcher, lots <laughs> of soft contact. It's, just, it's, it's awesome. I love it. Like, I don't know. Cashman gets a lot of gripe and a lot of shit for some of the deals he's made in the past. But this deal is one of the best he's made, getting Wendy. Yes, uh, I would agree. I think that Wendy, you know, he 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 finds really good gems in the bullpen. Cash, I'll give him yeah. credit for that. I, I know that's he more of a scouting thing. Arm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's more of a – I wouldn't – I'm not going to sit here and say, like, Cashman is the guy behind all of it. Blake, and I think a lot of their scouts probably target these guys. He just gets the deal done. Um, so I think that ultimately when you're looking at this bullpen, Wandy is a big piece of that $3 million steal. Ron Marinaccio, I believe they increased his, uh, the MLB, uh, minimum salary to 720 K this year. So yeah. Marinaccio at 720 K, uh, 27 years old, had a two Oh five ERA across 44 innings last year, 11, four five strikeouts prime with an 81.3% left on base. He's one of the best change up in baseball, definitely on the team, 18% more horizontal movement than the average pitchers forcing fastball average at almost 95 miles an hour with 45% more horizontal movement. Um, this guy has a big role coming up for the Yankees in 2023. He is a guy that is ice cold. You know, you look at him in high leverage moments. He looks like it doesn't, he's not even phased. You know, he looks like he, it's just another day um, out dominating and, and, and doing his thing. And I think that, he had that dead arm a little bit. I think he had that shin injury late in the season. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the Yankees probably find ways to mitigate some of that workload across the board. Guys like Domingo Herman, guys like Clark Schmidt. I wouldn't be surprised if they had those uh, fill in and try to just mitigate fatigue for the rotation and bullpen, especially a guy like Clark Schmidt who can kind of serve both roles. Um, so I am very excited to see what they do with Ron Marinaccio, but another guy who I view as a high leverage arm in this scenario. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at this point, Marinaccio, it's crazy because you look at how Ron's probably going to be used next season, and he's probably going to be the guy that's pitching a lot of the fifth, sixth, seventh innings. Like, he's probably not going to be one of those guys that the team immediately looks at and says, hey, bottom of the eighth, we need three outs, we're up by one. And yet, it's crazy because, like you just said, he's a high, he could be a high-leverage guy very easily. On, like, 95% of other teams, Ron Marinaccio would probably be their setup guy. And yet, for this bullpen, he's probably our fourth-best reliever, and I'm a big Ron fan. Like, and like you said, he's ice cold. The dude gets up there on the mound. He's not phased. He just takes the bump and does his job. That's why his nickname, Ron Ladon, is so fitting. This dude handles business, doesn't get, doesn't create a scuffle, and just does things behind closed doors. And then you look, and it's like, wow, Ladon once again delivered. So I, I'm excited for Marinaccio. Like, he and Weiser, in my opinion, kind of go hand in hand with when talking about this bullpen. Both guys are going to be making about 720 k and both guys are going to have now, this will be their second season in the bullpen. For Marinaccio, he actually like had a season. For Weiser, it was like, what, like 15, 12 innings or something like that. But I'm excited for Marinaccio because of the fact that he just 
he's he, he fits the mold of what you of what a Yankee player is. Like you said, that that no fear, that no nonsense. He's happy to pitch for the Yankees. You could tell that wearing the pinstripes means something to him. I mean, I, we say it every time we talk about him. Tom's River kid. This dude's homegrown, like as they get. So you can tell he's not going to waste any of his opportunities. He did extremely well last year. Surrendered two home runs all season, and one of them was a Michael K. Jinks. So, I'm a huge fan of Bernardo. I think that we, I think all of us, me, you, Ryan, yeah. and Sam, who's newly added to the team, I think we can all agree he's going to have a big, big role this upcoming season. Um, and another guy, you know, you just mentioned Greg Weissert, 720k, another minimum salary guy. He look. You mentioned that before, as the season, as the episode just began, a lot of people are like. We don't even know if he's going to make the roster. We don't even know if he's going to be good. Let me give you a little insight into how we finished the year because Greg Weiser, as you said, throws the ball like it's a freaking Frisbee. You don't <laughs> find guys that produce movement like this. This is a special player, guys. That He's going to be very, very impactful for us. I see him as an impact player uh, moving forward. Now, he did finish with a 5.56 ERA with an 8.74 strikeouts per nine rate. But let me give you a little bit of uh, a little bit of insight. He didn't allow a hit in his last four appearances for the Yankees. So it took him a little while to actually get into the groove, you know, settle down, shake out the jitters. Like every young pitcher kind of goes through. Marinacho, his first outing, he got absolutely hammered. And then he was electric the rest of the way. So why, sir, you know, you see um, this, this young player with really ridiculous stuff. And he gets batted around a little bit. He's trying to find his groove, trying to find out where his pitches lie, you know, trying to get control, you know, adjust to the atmosphere of being a Yankee. And he did eventually at the end of the season, right? He was elected to play in the, in the postseason. I don't think he actually made any appearances. Maybe he had one, but he was on yeah, that roster during either. the postseason. I don't think he did. Um, but you look at what he has and what he did to end the season, four consecutive appearances, didn't allow a hit. Keep that in mind when you're thinking about Greg Weister. He started slow, but he finished strong, which indicates maybe he'll start strong after he got the jitters out last year, and it can be an mm -hmm. impact arm for us. But 720K for him, say less. That is an absolute great deal. I mean, he doesn't even have any uh, service time at this point, really. So this is a guy we're going to have for a very long time, and he has some of the nastiest stuff on this on this entire roster. Yeah, no, you just he has some of the nastiest stuff. Like, I mean, Ryan is the biggest, is probably the biggest fan of Stuff Plus, other than I believe, you know, Saris, who came up with Stuff Plus. Um, and he in Stuff Plus is basically like looking at how good of his how good of stuff he has compared to the rest of the league. Like a hundred is bang average. His slider is 190.6. This pitch is basically double as good as the average pitch in baseball. So you want to tell me that he doesn't have a place in this team? Like, there's just no way. I like Lou Trevino. I still think we bring Lou Trevino back on a minor league deal. You can never have too much depth. But if Weissert's not on this opening day bullpen, I have to see someone that's like objectively better than him in there. Like, so help me God, if we see a Brayu somehow sneak into the bullpen again, I'm going to lose my mind. It's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Abreu, and Ryan's a big Abreu fan, actually, because he has really oh, high God, velocity. I know he is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we could have conflicting, uh, you know, disagreements here. But I'll, I'll tell you what. Albert Abreu is a guy that I like to have around in case you need him as a last resort. You know, but keep, the, keep him at the AAA like a level. Milly two max. Right. And the thing is, it's all location issues with Abreu, right? He can hit triple digits with his fastball. It's all location issues, which are quite bad at times. But when yes. he's on, <laughs> he's unhittable. You can't hit him if he's if he's dotting, if he's dotting those corners. But obviously, like, it, it maybe one out of every five appearances, he's dotting those corners. Other times, yeah, like, let me ask you, like, if you had to choose... Between Weissert or Abreu to take, let's say, the last spot in the bullpen, who would you choose? It's got to be Weissert, right? Uh, right now, it really, Ooh. that's the question. Do you, do you, so, okay, th this is a, actually a big, like, pitching fundamentals question. Would you rather go with velocity or 
or uh, or uh, movement. You know what I mean? Would you rather go with brake or velocity? This is this is the question because velocity is it can be erratic, um, but you're probably not going to make the best contact off of velocity because you have to react quicker. I mean, braking stuff. If you if you sit on it and you and you you know get one that's coming in at you know 82, 83, and it's breaking across the middle. You could launch one. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah, high velocity. What happened to Weiss Dog? Weiss Dog missed his spot right. a lot of time with that disgusting frisbee slider, and it just hung. And it's like good enough. That's why he struggled for the first like seven games he played. Like it was just like, all right, dude. Clearly, your fastball is not able to live up to it right now. You're struggling finding location yeah. on it. And then your best pitch, your slider, when you miss, yeah, yeah. But when he yeah, doesn't gotta, miss, it's like careful. it's got twenty inches of break on it. This thing just like hurls across the plate. We were talking about Marinaccio's yeah. break, and this slider is easily like the. I think it's one of the best breaking pitches in the Yankee bullpen. Like that's how good this dude can be. It reminds me of like Loizga's and even like Clay Holmes, who mm -hmm. when he used to throw the slider. Now he just basically throws entirely sinker, but the occasional slider mixed in there. But I just I don't know. We can talk about Clay Holmes next as well because that's another guy that's on this list. I mean, Clay Holmes is making the most, isn't he? On this, yeah, three point five million for Clay Holmes. Yep, that's the ridiculous. most out of these guys, and that's insane. Because Clay Holmes is I elite. I know he like sputtered for like a month there, and then he had took his fans. It was injury and, and yeah, yeah. But then look, he came back and Clay Holmes. Pretty solid. He, he's he's not. He I will say he's not a one ERA pitcher. Like that was like when he no. pitched the first two or three months of the season last year. It was absurd how good he was. But Clay yeah. Holmes to sit around a three ERA, lock down say thirty saves because I do think we're gonna kind of do a little bit of like closer by committee here. Like, I, 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 I'm I very excited about Clay Holmes this season. People are like, oh, he fell off. He's not that great. He got exposed. Again, remember, we gave up, I believe, Diogo Castillo and Hoi Jean Park for him. So let's, again, hats off to Cashman once more because these are all mm -hmm. guys that are going to have pivotal roles in the bullpen. Clay Holmes is going to see at least 50, 60 innings this season, no matter what. So these guys are going to play huge roles, and we got them for basically nothing, kind of like looking back at Wandy. And they're costing us basically nothing. So it's like, I don't know how people can even hate on Clay, uh, Clay Holmes at this point. The dude has broken every possible expectation, shattered expectations of what he was going to be when he joined the Yankees. He had like a five ERA with the Pirates and everyone's like, what are we doing? Look, Clay Holmes is uh, is our cemented closer right now, right? He he is probably, when, on, when he's on, he's our best bullpen arm. You know what I mean? Like he was electric, electric. You're not going to get much better than him at his top. Now, at $3.5 million projected salary, that's probably the most expensive on this entire bullpen. During the second half of that season, I think he was dealing with that injury that really hurt his fundamentals. You could see he was just off. Like, he did not look comfortable. He His his accuracy was just not good. And I think that just doesn't happen overnight. You know what I mean? Like, people were shitting on Frankie Montas. People were shitting on uh, Loisica to open the year. And then you people start to realize, like, <laughs> it's well, that's so people hate Montas, but I don't understand it because, he you know, and Ryan injured. is in the same boat. He was injured. Look, someone actually posted a video. I don't remember who it was. They posted a video of Oakland versus the Yankees, and his fundamentals, like, looked different. And it probably was because he was trying to overcompensate because he was injured. You know what I mean? Like, you look at uh, Clay Holmes. His entire fundamentals, he was so off. He looked different the second half of the year. Um, now he's going to be healthy. He, he still managed. Look, he had a bad second half after the all-star break and he still finished the two, five, four ERA two, nine, zero XFIP nine strikeouts per nine, 63.2 innings oh. guys. Like this is a, this is our legitimate. This is a legitimate closer. This is a guy yeah. who is going to make all this Chapman look like an afterthought. And at Thank least God. not Chapman in his prime Chapman, 
last year. Prime Chapman. Thank God he's gone. Right, yeah, last two years of the Yankees. Dangerous. Oh God, get out of here, please. <laughs> yeah, last two years. Rolls Chapman and Prime players, is another beast. Losing games. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. Clay also he had to think one or two games where it was like blown saves. Like Clay didn't go out there and just completely screw up countless times and then just get chance after chance after chance. Like when Clay was struggling, the Yankees elected to go to other guys and then they phantomiled him. So it's like, it seems like the Yankees understood, hey, this isn't the real Clay Holmes right now when he was struggling. They're like, we need you to get right and get ready for the like, end of the season push and get ready for the postseason. And he ended up performing decently well when he came back from injury. So it's like, I, I believe in Clay Holmes. I think he's going to be, the only reason I said that he may be a closer by committee is because that's kind of how this Yankees team is. Like last year, he did take over that closer role. But think about how long it took for them to be like, a role Chapman, you're not our closer anymore. And think about how Chappie reacted to that. So it's like the, the Yankees may just like to say, hey, yeah, Clay's our closer in writing. And then some points in the season, we'll see Wandy close games. We'll see Mike King when he's healthy close games, who I'm excited to talk about at the end here. And then we'll also see Jonathan Lewisga probably close some games. Like you said at the beginning of the episode, the Yankees have four, maybe five guys that could close games. This bullpen is remarkably deep. It's unbelievably deep. And, and, you know, when you're looking at, and this is another guy we haven't even discussed yet. And this, I mean, how many, this team has so many closers, right? You, you mentioned uh, Loisica, you mentioned Clay Holmes. You could even look at Marinacho. He's capable of it. We looked at Rondi Peralta. You know who actually might be our best closer? You want to know? Ooh. I bet you know. Please incite me. Michael King. Didn't oh, yeah. About this guy be, yet. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even talk it, about one, Michael King. He's healthy. 1.75. The dude's a, Oh, he was insane last year. He is, in my opinion, insane. the best showing of the Matt Blake project. Like Clay yeah. Holmes, it was remarkable what Matt Blake was able to do with him because he forced him to say, hey, abandon your changeup, throw sinker 90% of the time, and mix in the slider when that's not working. But yep. Michael King, he he also learned some from Corey Kluber as well. When Klubot came over, he learned about his whirly turly swerve uh, slurve ball. <laughs> but you look at how King throws now. And it's no longer that kind of, ooh, he's trying to find his pitch to get him by. It's, okay, he's going to throw sinker, fastball, slider. That's his pitches. And you are slurve ball, I guess, the, the whirly turly. Um, and you, the whirly twirly, turly, Nick. Um, and you watch him throw, and it's like, <laughs> this guy is just pitching with confidence and charisma now. And he was godly mm-hmm. for us last year. Until, guess who? A roll doofus came in and forced him to come into the game on short rest, and he got injured. It's... Same shit, different game with our oldest Chapman. But Mike King, I have again. I, it's hard. It's hard because it sounds like I'm being a homer and we're being homers in this episode. But if these guys were on any other team, they'd be talked about as like sleeper bullpen arms that are like elite guys that deserve more credit. Like you throw King on the Reds last season, the Reds are probably getting a top twenty-five prospect for Michael King. Like he's he's insane. Yeah. Michael King is making 1.75 million in projected salary this upcoming season. You know, coming off, I think he avoided Tommy John surgery. He did. Uh, Scott Efron. He may miss the first Tommy month, John. but who cares? <laughs> that's fine. Look, as long as he's 100% when we get him back, that's all I care about. 27 yep. years old. He was trending towards an all star appearance. 2.29 ERA when he went down. 2.42 XFIP, 11.65 strikeouts per nine. He pitched 51 innings before that injury happened. Think about how ridiculous Which is that insane. is. Like, he pitched half the year. 51. <laughs> that's, like, that's like he almost pitched as much as freaking, he would have pitched as much as Severino did as a starter last year if he would have been uh, healthy the entire season. Um, now, the elbow injury, you know, it's significant. The steamer projections have him at a 3.26 ERA over 58 innings, which is still solid. 
Um, if he finished a three two six, if anybody finished with a three two six ERA out of the bullpen, I'd be like, that was a pretty good performance. It was, it wasn't bad. You know, it's probably like it's good. You know, I, it's like not high leverage. It's not low leverage. It's just leverage. It's just good. It, I'm content with that. Michael yeah. King is much better than that, though. They're only they're only putting him at three two six because of the injury. He's capable of a two five. He's capable of a two six. Oh, I think two nine is a little bit low. Fatigue settles in toward the end of the year. We saw a lot of these guys have uh, hiccups down the stretch, but. Big, big fan of Michael King. He's a guy that, you know, when he gets back from injury and he'll be fine, he's going to be good to go next year. Um, This is someone that you can rely on. We needed him in the playoffs badly. We severely missed him. um, The the way we handled the playoffs bullpen was so crazy to me still. Like, I know King was injured, but again, the decision not to bring along Marinaccio is something that haunts me to this day, especially seeing how we decided to, in pivotal moments, use like Clark Schmidt and Frankie Montas, who I am fans of, don't get me wrong. But in those moments, they were not the correct decisions. And it's because we didn't really know what else to do. The bullpen was damaged. We didn't know how we were looking. We had bats that were damaged. Like Giancarlo wasn't healthy. Matt Carpenter wasn't healthy. But for Michael King, the craziest thing to me is that this guy was a guy that was a starting pitcher, still wanted to be starter, and was basically said, look, we have so many guys in the rotation. We don't think you're built for starting, but you're still going to get your your cake and eat it too out of the bullpen. And he doesn't, he, like you said, for him, there is no like situation to use Mike King in. He's used in every situation possible. This guy was used as a long reliever, spot starter, two or three inning guy to get to the back end of the game. And also eighth, ninth inning guy. So Michael King is, in my opinion, the most talented out of all the bullpen arms we're talking about today. Like his makeup, his pitch mix, his repertoire, and the way he pitches, there's there's no one else like him on the team, honestly. Like we talk about Marinaccio's no fear, Michael King's the exact same way. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and to to finish off this you know episode talking about the last bullpen arm on our mind, Jonathan Lewisica, Um, This is another guy who is is at the top of his game is elite. In 2021, 2170 ERA, 315 XFIP, 879 strikeouts per nine, 70.2 innings. Um, the shoulder injury last year at the beginning of the season completely disrupted his flow. He really started to lock it down towards the end of the year and was looking mm-hmm. like his normal self after he kind of got rid of the injury. He's projected to make $2 million next year, guys. $2 million. I mean, come on, two million dollars for 28. healthy. Like what? Twenty exactly. All these guys are under thirty years old for the most part. Um, I think. I mean, Wandy's the oldest one we talked Wandy. about. Maybe Holmes. Yeah. I think Holmes is like twenty nine exactly. too. But like, and, and yeah, someone I saw a comment on the we we posted on Twitter as well about the projected salary for everyone and the impact salary. And someone said, "Well, you got to realize some of these guys are free agents at the end of next season." Okay, so it's not like they're like old guys. You could give Wandy Peralta probably a three year. $21 million deal, and I'd be I'd be thrilled. I'd be beyond happy. And that's still not that much money allocated to a bullpen arm. So it's like this team, and like you said, we, like we're talking about, we got so many other guys that are like used as depth in the minor leagues. Like I think Carson Coleman, who's the, I believe, AAA closer at this point, could also make a sneaky appearance into this bullpen this season. Like if one of these guys goes down, the Yankees still have plans to pack them up. And last season, we saw what happened when Loisaga went down. It was like, oh, is, is this just kind of how Loisaga is now? And then you see him come back from the injury, and you're like, oh, no, this is Loisaga. This is the guy we were expecting. I mean, look at his splits. First half of the season, he pitched 18 innings, and had, a, and they gave up a 300 batting average and a 419 slugging to opposing batters. Second half, he pitched 29 and two-thirds, gave up 191 and 201. The dude just, every he took the biggest steps possible in the second half. First half, 8-7 FIP. Second half, 2-9 FIP. Like, you saw the real Loise go last season when he was healthy. And that's kind of been the mantra for a lot of these guys in this episode. When they're fully healthy, you can tell the difference between when they're struggling through injury. 
Even Marinaccio, you could tell when he was struggling with that shoulder injury. And then at the end of the season, you could see he wasn't right with that shin. Clay Holmes, Michael King, when he got hurt, it was like there are all sorts of telltale, telltale, telltale signs about when these guys are like not on their A game. But when they're on their A game, this bullpen goes toe-to-toe with everyone. And honestly, it doesn't just go toe-to-toe with them, sizes them up and knocks them out. Look, yeah, you're right. And Loisica is someone, if he's at the top of his game, I mean, look, we've already talked about six guys. You know, we didn't talk about Lou Trevino that much. You know, he's a guy that also was pretty important for us down the stretch last year. I think a 1-6-1 ERA. After and he'll probably be making like a milli-milli five. Like, Yeah, not much. Not much um, at all. Not much. So I'm excited to see what this bullpen kind of does next year. They have a lot of talent. They're all healthy and playing well. There are some of these guys that would be the best arm on – any team, you know what I mean? Like the best yeah. bullpen arm on a lot of teams in, in baseball. Like even Weiss dog would be being heralded as this huge, like prospect that no one's ever heard of. That's making a name for himself on some random yeah. team. Like look at Imagine what Scott Schreiber did last Tampa. year. Yeah. Like look at what Scott Schreiber did last year or Scott Schreiber did last year with the Red Sox, where he literally just came out of nowhere and was otherworldly. And everyone talked about how good he was and how underrated he was and how underappreciated he was. If Greg Weissert has that season this year, I guarantee you people can be like, well, he's just another bullpen arm. Who cares? He's a Yankee bullpen guy. It's that double, it's yeah. that double bias, dude. Everyone hates the Yankees. They love to hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we have a lot of expectations for this team. <clears throat> True. And True. <laughs> I'm extremely optimistic about all these players, especially at such a cheap price point, um, specifically. Mm-hmm. But guys, I'd love to hear your perspectives and opinions below in the YouTube comments. Definitely a lot to talk about regarding these specific players. Really, really fun. Um, <clears throat> but you know, Jesus, I think I, I think I just hit puberty. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the, I got the same thing. Dude. I got the sniffles and a little bit of a scratchy throat. This is, it like got progressively talking, worse as I was talking. <laughs> talking about Weiser. Oh, you're saying that he's so good. Unbelievable. Wow. Okay, I'm back. Okay. I'm 26 again. No, I'm not 14 again. Oh, my God. That was crazy. <laughs> uh, but, guys, I'd love to hear perspectives below in the YouTube comments about these players and the unbelievable cheap price point of all of them. This is an exciting situation for the Yankees to have. And they have a lot of these guys locked up um, for more years. And guys like Marinaccio and Weissert, um, they're locked up for the next four or five years, six years even. They're not even close to Scott Efros when he comes back. Not even a full year of service time for him yet. Or maybe, yeah. He may be ready for the postseason so, too. Maybe. maybe That would be awesome. And, and you know, they're doing a lot of these things like with Zach Britton now. They, they actually try different methods of um, constructive like surgery for your elbow that require less healing time. I think it's more experimental, but they – there are like talks that they have figured out a more efficient way to return from um, those UCL injuries uh, in faster amount of time. So that should be interesting Good to see. To we'll, we'll see how they approach this, but maybe they'll just do the, I think they just did the traditional method, um, which usually takes about a year to return from fully. Um, but yeah, again, love to hear perspectives below on this bullpen, any specific guys, any price tags or whatnot, any, any questions you guys might have about it. We'll answer in future episodes. Uh, uh, of course, um, make sure to have a fantastic rest of your day. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Friday Side Yankees episode.